0: Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio. Once again, it's your boy Flobo Boys, and I am thanking you. Like I thank you every single week for tuning in. I understand you have very finite time in your down period. Um, Or maybe your commute period. I'm so glad that you're taking time out to listen to Am Sam Radio. This episode and all the other episodes are available wherever you stream your podcasts. Spotify, iTunes, Spreaker, uh, YouTube, and all that stuff. And uh, as the time you're hearing this, it it should be either late Wednesday or or Thursday, June 25th. It's a miniature holiday, a global holiday uh, where I'm from. Not really. It's my birthday. Um, and I could not think of a better guest to be my birthday show guest. Miss Jackie Ray is so layered of what she does. Now, the reason why I, I chose her for this week is that we have different creatives on working on different projects out there. Whether you're at the idea stage, whether you're at the working on a stage, whether you're at the completion of your first project stage, you can probably detail your journey uh, in, a, in a way that that says, hey, look, it's a challenge, but I'm on my way. Miss Jackie Ray has done that many times over in many different disciplines. Uh, I really wanted to have an example of someone who's operating the Umbrella, someone that has different properties or different things working at once. Because sometimes if we are idea-based, we tend to have a bunch of good ideas and we want to see all of them come to fruition. So I had a very spirited talk with Miss Jackie Ray. Make sure uh, after the interview, you follow her all over social media. Uh, I got to have her back because she's just a wealth of knowledge, insight, and perspective. And she's been true to what or true to the why from day one. So without any further ado, here's Miss Jackie Ray. So please welcome Miss Jackie Ray. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I feel so honored. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you, uh, you said yes. You're like my celebrity get. I was
0: so, so enamored about what you're doing out there in the digital space and all of that. Thank you so how would you describe what it is that you do because you do a lot like a lot a lot
1: i do do a lot a lot so um i think that's one of the things that i've had to really sit down this year and kind of do because i do so much so um i am a journalist obviously i'm a i am a actually a sports journalist by trade um but i'm also very passionate about my black lives and things of that nature (laughs) so I am a... lives like,
0: plural? Like you have black lives? Black
1: lives. Everyone... I'm rooting for everyone black. Like, literally. Like, that's my thing. So, I understand. Um, so, yeah. So, now I'm more of a... Um, I consider myself a, you know, a sports, entertainment, um, social justice journalist. So, um, it's not really a specific title, but that's, that's, what, I, that's what I consider myself.
0: Yeah, that's true. I like the the blend of all different aspects of the culture. If I can right. use that parlance, so, um, I, it's funny because we both met uh, at AfterBuzz, which is yes. a place. Uh, a lot of our hosts, a lot of our guests, um, from the on the show are hosts on After AfterBuzz, but we have like this mixture of different backgrounds. Like, I came from comedy. And it's right. cool to see that you are a bona fide journalist. And I know we had a conversation about how you got started. And you said on your journalism journey, you actually worked the craft on your own
1: island, it was? I did. I, I did indeed. I um, I went to... It's not my own island. <laughs> nope, your name's on is, it. Straight up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I had gotten to the point where I was just kind of freelancing all the time. And I, I said to myself, I was like, all right, I'm just going to apply for... A bunch of jobs the first one that pays me anywhere close because that's the thing when you are applying for a lot of these um multimedia journalists or these mmj positions they barely pay so i was like the first one that wants to pay me a decent salary i'm out yeah. um which was a big deal for me because i i love la with with all the problems that it has i love la so it was a big deal for me to say you know i'm just going to be out so I literally just applied to like 10 jobs. I'll never forget, because it was a Tuesday afternoon. I'm at work, and I applied to 10 jobs, Um, went home, got a call, somebody was like, hey, can you do this red carpet for me? And I was like, sure. So I was getting dressed for that, and then I get a call. It's late for us, you know what I mean? So I was like, who is calling me right now? Um, And it was a guy named Bob, who was the news director from KSPN in Saipan, he just wanted to chit-chat, and so we just, we chatted it up a bit, and then I didn't realize when I applied for the job that it was in Saipan, because the initials are MP. Yeah. So, for Mariana's specific islands, I thought it was a typo, because believe it or not, you see that a lot on Indeed. People make typos. So yeah. So, I just yeah. assumed it was like Minnesota. I don't know. I thought it was somewhere. So, he was like, yeah, you know, do you know anything about the Marianas, and are you okay being on an island? And I'm like, an island? What, where yeah. where are you calling me from yeah. <laughs> so, um you know he he we chatted it up a bit the next day the owner of the station called me um i had i had a few reservations if i'm going to be honest <laughs>
0: just a few reservations time. that's crazy not, not
1: yeah because i'm never be, i've never been like that like anyone who knows me if an opportunity i don't have any kids i'm not married so i'm like yeah let's go let's do it like yeah. i don't have reservations like that like if it's time to move it's time to move my biggest reservations was my spidey senses went off with him personally you know specifically right. the owner of the station something was just like mm, i don't know right but i was like it's an island you know at the time all signs looked because you know at this point 45 hadn't won the election um actually i take that back he had just no he hadn't won the election yet i, I can't remember it was a blurry time but Either way, I knew he was gonna be in office and I was like, I don't wanna be here with him and his people. I wanna get off this rock. So <laughs> I went to a different rock yeah. and um, it was cool. I, again, like I said, I'm not one that, um, I'm not one that is, shies away from change. So while I was on the island, the spidey senses that went off regarding the owner, you know, they came to pass and I, my spidey senses were right. So I quit. So here I am on an island um no no there's no infrastructure there so if you're not in tourism or working for the news station there's not a lot of jobs but I wasn't quite ready to come back to the states yet so I quit um part of my beat being out there was to work for the police department you know I covered the police department so I was on the police beat the sports beat which is not a lot of sports beat um and unfortunately the, the drowning beat because a lot of people came down to the island and would get caught in the undertow and they would drown. So these were typically the stories that I covered, yeah. um, which meant that I worked with the police and fire department a lot. So the chief of police found out that I was quitting. And so before I quit, he, he called me into the office. And so I, I quit on, I think it was a Wednesday, started working as the public relations manager public relations officer for the Saipan police on a Friday. <laughs> so wow. It was and so they had I, they had no idea what that meant, you know what I mean? So I literally built a studio. They had they gave me a little office. I built a studio in that office and instead of cuz one of the things that I know they complained about a lot when I was working for KSPN is that we weren't we weren't delivering the information in a way that they felt that they actually gave it to us. So I built a studio in the police department and I was creating our own, I basically created our own news channel, which ended up making the governor governor of the island wanted me to do news pieces for him. So I ultimately ended up back in news just from more of a private sector i guess you would say which was crazy
0: so let's take a step back and unpack this for for our listeners that are, mm-hmm. are struggling with how they're doing so this is an opportunity that comes out and we we do the whole him and haw should i shouldn't i you went for it right and then it, sure. you, you landed or i don't know how you, you swam i don't how you used right. i mean you repelled uh and right. decided the original the plan wasn't what you want to do but you still found a way to make saipan the actual rock of Saipan work for you. I mean, that is just amazing. I mean, I guess there's certain kind of people that would just sit there and go, well, that's not the job I got. What do I do? I guess I'm going back home. But then Mm -hmm. you find a way to not even to even transfer. You glowed up.
1: Like you you started your own department, you know? Yep. Got to pay more money too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what was the reason (laughs) I got you come back? Like what made you go, you know what? The United States is where it's at. I'm ready to go
1: well so there's not a lot of sports so it's a twofold thing um there's not a well actually three there's not a lot of sports um in saipan so it's difficult to be a sports reporter on an island where there's no sports really and so for example if i'm covering football or basketball then i literally have to be up at four o'clock in the morning because that's the time difference because they're they're a day ahead so it, you know, it's troublesome in, in that aspect. Number two, my mom is here. she's a little older, so I felt like, you know, I was just too too far away from her. And then there's not a lot of black people on the island. So the the island is about fifty thousand people. There was probably about twenty five black people who actually lived on the island, and most of them weren't in my age demographic. they were they were older. So, seeing the struggles that black people were going through in the states and just knowing that if i came back i could probably build a platform that could actually help and impact you know our movement i just felt i was too far away and so i didn't want to i didn't want to not be in the fight so i came back to fight to be honest,
0: <laughs> well, let's jump ahead then. I mean, this is 2020. This is uh, the, the second or third week of June, and mm-hmm. you know, Black Lives Matter is a thing that I felt should have been understood. But now we're in a place where we have to actually explicitly say it. And I guess, from my perspective, it's it's kind of. Interesting, empowering, and kind of cynical. You're seeing so many companies Mm -hmm. at the same time saying we're about the movement. I really want to see your perspective because I know uh, Jackie Ray don't pull no punches when it comes to how she feels. Uh, I want to see your perspective what's going on right now with that.
1: So I've been telling everybody, you know, tread lightly because I, you know... It's not it's not a believable situation to me. It's not it's not it doesn't make sense. So and, you know, I've been a journalist for a while, so I know how these trends go. I know right now, unfortunately, Black Lives Matter Matter is what's trending. Mm -hmm. So you can't trust a company, say, like Starbucks, who is perfectly fine to let their LGBT community wear shirts, you know, talking about that. And then the only reason they decide to create Black Lives Matter shirts is because they explicitly said, no, you can't wear that because we think that that's a problem. And then they got backlash, and now they're doing it. Same with the NFL. It got backlash, and now they're doing it. So all of these companies are really making moves now because it's the socially acceptable thing to do. But like I tell people all the time, this is not an awakening. This is not all of a sudden... You know these predominantly white companies that have all these predominantly white CEOs and owners and executives, all of a sudden them saying, hey, you know what? Maybe we should give a damn now. That's not what's happening. It's literally the perfect storm. We're in a pandemic. People are at home. Because if you didn't get it at Eric Garner, if you didn't get it at Tamir Rice, George Floyd is not what made you get it. What made you get it is we are at home now and you really have nothing else to do but to watch and now people's anger is bubbling over for different things because I went to a couple of different marches and it was like a lot of it was like, you know, F Donald Trump. While I love that sentiment, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he is not the biggest problem the black community has. He might be the icing on the cake. But this cake has been baking for quite some time. And so it's it's more people are tired of who's in office. They're tired of being in their homes more so than they are finally on the train of Black Lives Matter. This train has been moving for a long time. And it and so the fact that people are jumping on now, I personally am not buying it. Yeah. Do, do you, do you <laughs>
0: approach your, your, your work as a journalist and broadcaster that likes to amplify black voices, or is it considered a detriment if someone says you are a a black broadcaster?
1: Oh, I'm very black. I'm a very black broadcaster. And the thing is, is like, yes, to be fair, especially to the younger journalists out there that are listening there, you, you will literally be swimming upstream if that's the position that you take. Um, Because anything that's, you know, kind of amplifying the plights of black people makes those who are not black uncomfortable, which means if you're shining a light on that, you're going to make people uncomfortable, which is going to make your, your progression in this business a lot harder. Um, I'm not at the point in my life where I think I need someone to employ me in order to be successful. I will find my own path. So I'm a little bit more fearless in the things that I say and the things that I do. But at the same time, if you do want to be a part of the, if you want to work for ESPN or if you're trying to get on with CNN, I would tell you to tread lightly. Be black, but not as black as me.
0: I mean, I'm on your Instagram page, ARA Fanatic, The Fanatic. Uh, you do so much things for so many different brands. Mm-hmm. Walk me through this. There is The Fanatic, The mm-hmm. Fumble, excuse me. All right. Yep. Opposite opinion. Am I?
1: So there's The Fumble. There's the opposite reaction. Opposite reaction, sorry. There's At the Half, which is part of the J Ray the Fanatic umbrella. Um, so, J. Ray, J Ray the Fanatic has evolved because J Ray the Fanatic started as a kind of a YouTube piece specifically to teach women about football. Okay. <laughs> you know, so that's how that started. And that kind of evolved, evolved into me having my own show. Oh, yeah, now I have to jump evolved. in
0: there, but like when you say about football, like the mechanics or like the business of it or just everything? <laughs>
1: Everything and okay. and how it came about was literally because I would go I'm, i am a I'm a diehard football fan I, I would end up at a sports bar at like ten in the morning for the first game, no matter who it was, and I am there till the last game goes on off at night and I'm watching every single game so but in that, um, I was getting into a lot of confrontations because, <laughs> <laughs> um, number one, there are certain fans that I hate. And I'm just going to antagonize because that's who I am. Eagles fans, Raider fans. I just can't stand them. So I'm definitely going to antagonize them, especially when they're losing. So, but those, <laughs> but those, when I would antagonize those people, it would just be what it is. It would be sports trash talk, you know? Wait, wait. But, so you got a
0: lot of confrontations that you started?
1: <laughs> that yeah, that? yeah, yeah. I would definitely start those. I'm going to take ownership of those. But none of those ever got to the point where I thought they were going to get physical. The, the confrontations that got that potentially and and one actually did get physical was because when i would go to the bar by myself which was not a lot most of the time i had my crew that i was meeting at various bars but if they just weren't because that gets expensive going every sunday you know true so if it was that sunday they were they were like i can't i can't can't do it jay (laughs) i would go by myself and you know and sitting there and yelling and i am oblivious when i watch sports anybody could be in the Jay Z, Beyonce, everybody could be in the room. I would not see him because I am like focused on what I am watching. <laughs> Jay's like, Well, why
0: should you know me, babe? Like why?
1: Right, like Beyonce can be like, um, Jackie, does he have a ring on it? I'm like, Well girl, if you see me watching this game, you know what I mean? Like I'm I am not I am just focused. So in that I am still my authentic self. I'm yelling and cussing at the T V and coaching from from the bar, you know. That attracts People of like minds. There's a lot of people in the world who are like me who are just crazy sports fans. Unfortunately, a lot of times that ended up being guys who were there with their girlfriends who knew nothing about the game. And so then all of a sudden, I'm getting too much FaceTime. And then all of a sudden, she thinks that I'm trying to take her man, who I have yet to even look in the face. I don't even know what dude looks like. (laughs) Is your man
0: these nachos? I don't even know. Right. Like,
1: I don't even know. And to me, you know, I'm, I'm a Scorpio, too. I'm not a confrontational person, but I'm not non-confrontational. If you bring it, I'm ready for it. And so it just became a thing. And so one day, the one that almost got, well, it did get kind of physical, but it was, it was over quickly. Um, Wait, that sounds so ominous. What do you mean it got physical, but it was was, over quickly? It was over quickly. Wow. Yeah. I mean, anyway, so um, I'm the baby of six. Let me just leave it at that. Okay. So, (laughs) so um, when when I left, I felt so bad because I'm so like pro woman, pro black, and it wasn't a black woman, but I'm like, how I girls still out here fighting? Did we still doing that? I thought that was over, you know? Yeah. So I'm in the car. I feel super bad about the situation, and then it dawns on me, oh, if she'd have known football she could have jumped in on the conversation. They could have been talking, and it wouldn't have been about me. Stop, so, Jackie. That's
0: hilarious. You're like, if she knew football, I wouldn't have to beat her ass.
1: Right. So <laughs> I, I created a show called Ladies' Corner. Ladies' Corner was all about breaking it down step by step. And I thought it was going to be a super cheesy show that no one was going to watch. And I'm telling you, every week I got women... Emailing me or direct messaging me, saying, "Oh my God, can you tell me what this means on your next show?" And so for like a year, it was it was a thing. I got bored with it because you know you can only explain down so many times before you're like, "Okay, if y'all don't got it by now." So then I had I had to evolve out of it, even though the viewership was still there. I had to evolve out of it, and so then that's when we started doing more talk shows, interviews, things of that nature. And now it's just a production company, so I'm looking to produce other shows to in, that empower black people. So I want to do a finance show that kind of helps black people know how to start saving for, say, a house and how to build generational wealth because that's something that we we lack in. Also, I want to give people options. I know college isn't not only something that's not necessarily attainable for some of us, but also something some we just don't want to do (laughs) because it's like at this point you're paying somebody else for something that I have literally seen on Indeed must have master's degree and then you look at the pay and it's like eighteen dollars an hour. Come on. I'm not I'm not about to go to school for all that. So I just want to give people different options, um work with different nonprofit organizations so I can kind of saturate the black community with ways that we can kind of build together is there a
0: show you consider the flagship under your umbrella or just in general what you put the effort into or is all shows equally it's like your, like kids where you can't hit everyone or the other or you're like no this is like priority one or something along those lines
1: um no i mean i think priority w- one is my voice um i don't have a show that i feel um i think that if i had to put them in order it'd probably go at the half well the, at the half the opposite reaction would probably be equal um And then The Fumble, uh, even though The Fumble has the biggest platform. But, no, for me, um, The Flagship is my voice. And getting that out to as many people as possible, even if they disagree with me, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing as long as people are listening and they're engaged. So, yeah, I don't have a, a show that I... And pushing harder than the other. I'm, I'm pushing everything as hard as I can. <laughs> not for sure. I, I, I get that. I don't know if you had like
0: a, like a little recipe mix or what have you.
1: No, uh-uh.
0: Uh, for, with, with all of us, or most of us in this country, being locked away at some point in some length during this uh, spring and mm-hmm. summer 2020, a lot of people came out the woodwork with their, their content plans, myself included. Like mm-hmm. this show, New Amsterdam Radio, if, real, if I'm really honest with you, the first... 20 episodes it was a secret podcast it was like no no one cares about viewers i'm just gonna talk into my phone you know i had the anchor app i really took it seriously in quarantine so i said look here's a structure i'm doing it every week but just if you had any like advice for those people those who have already made the decision to jump into making content but like scheduling or finding their niche or finding a way to automate like what would be the thing that you learned that you're willing to share
1: Um, so I, I highly recommend the university of YouTube, like whatever you (laughs) are thinking about doing legit, take an hour on a Friday or Saturday or on the weekend or whatever, and just watch people, um, and, and listen to their, to their recommendations. And then after that, I know sometimes scheduling is hard especially because you have to you know work a regular job and things of that nature so you really have to be diligent in carving out time so if you're going to do one show a week and your show is coming out and and i'm preaching to the choir on this because if you'll notice my shows come out i don't think people really notice because i have three of them so you're always going to get one at some point but you people probably don't even notice that you know at the half came out on like this week, it's coming out on Friday and it's supposed to come out on Tuesday. So I, don't, I think you know I'm lucky enough that I have enough platforms that people don't notice. But at the same time, that's one thing that I'm trying to teach myself because I notice when I, when I say, okay, At The Half is coming out on Tuesday, special YouTube segment for At The Half comes out on Thursday. So that's, that's my recipe for At The Half. There's the podcast that you get strictly if you go to Anchor. You'll see a segment of that podcast live on my YouTube channel um, and then special content. So anything that hits, hits my brain that I just kinda wanna vent about, that's supposed to come out on Thursday. So what I've noticed is, is I have to set a schedule because I, I'm just working too much and if I don't have specific times. So on Sunday, I plan out what I think I'm gonna talk about my podcast and then i carve out time on monday to record and shoot my podcast and then edit it to make sure that it's up on tuesday um monday night we do um the opposite reaction so right you know mondays are crazy which i i'm that's my recipe i can't tell anybody what else to do but my recipe is stack the top of the week so then that way you can get as much content recorded at least And so that way, if you don't have time to get it out, you at least have the rest of the week to chop it up and and make sure that every week you get content out. Um, Because I found that when I just kind of say, okay, on this day, I'm going to do this, then life happens. And until you're getting paid and don't have to work any other jobs but that one, then time does become an issue. So I would say make sure you carve out a block of time that you can consistently stick to and then just knock it out. And if you think you're gonna have problems, then then knock out more than one thing in that block of time. So then you have the rest of the week to chop it up and put it out as you need to.
0: Yeah, just basically, but give yourself, hold yourself accountable to get that done. Mm -hmm. What's Mm -hmm. I mean? It's advice for life, and I know everyone's mix is different. Like what what you're doing is even someone who wants to do videos about like I don't know knitting or what have you. But it's always good to pull that the Mm -hmm. uh, the structure uh, of Mm -hmm. that, if you will. (laughs) Can I uh, talk about the music side? Yeah. Because uh, I I will say this. This happened about maybe a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you had posted uh, something on Instagram. And you were like, yo, people don't even know I got the music part of me going right now. And I was like, right. all right, cool. I was, I was driving from, I think it was After Buzz. I live on the west side. I live in Culver City. So that mm-hmm. drive is like, 35 minutes at night about an hour and a half during traffic and I, and I, and I was like yo these albums are pretty dope and I, and I always tell you my favorite songs and I always hit you up when it comes through on the cycle uh walk yeah. me through like the idea of being like I'm gonna I'm dabble in the musical arts
1: I didn't dabble I was full in that's how I ended up in LA so I moved out here with a band um we were like this funk rock band we were kind of like Evanescence meets Parliament kind of band. Okay. Um, So we moved out here. We, you know, we went the ways that bands go. That didn't last very long, specifically because it was so expensive out here and none of us were prepared. So um, they all moved back to Denver. I just refused. I was like, I am not, because everyone told me I would fail, and I was like, not today. (laughs) So so I stayed. I ended up in another band um, called Triple Soul. We ended up they introduced me to a gentleman named Sunichi who I sung background for him. He was actually working with Warner brothers at the time. And then I became like this background singer. Um, then I became a wedding singer. And then in the process of that, I recorded my first album. Um, after the first album, um, is when I went, I found another producer. We recorded my second album. Um, the second album had me meet this manager guy, you know, Kind of legit kind of shady but he had me open so i opened for charlie wilson um i opened for tyrese um so no i didn't dabble i was full on in it and then um Ooh.
0: as jackie ray as well
1: yeah so yeah so yeah jackie ray has always been my name when i moved out here i was lady J. Um, okay. that, was the, that was the name that I had in the band. And then when the band broke up, I was like, oh, I always hated that name. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, I ended up in Triple Soul. Triple Soul was already in existence. They were holding auditions. I came in. They didn't like my name. And so this is kind of a funny random story. So one, I'm not a name brand person, just fun fact. Okay. You could throw every name brand item in front of me and a bunch of women are going to know what they are. I am going to have no clue. I'm just going to know that one's blue. Like, I'm kind of a guy in that way because I just, I'm wife beater in shorts is like my go-to outfit. Right. So we had gotten a stylist and who took us out one day and um, <laughs> she she took us to this like knockoff store, which I didn't know it was a knockoff because again, I don't know no brand name. So there's this shirt and I was like, oh wow, this shirt is really cool. And they were like, of course you would like that shirt. I do have expensive taste, even though I don't know what name brands are. And they were like, (laughs) she was like, she's like, of course you would like that shirt. You're so expensive. And I'm like, I don't even know what, what is this? Dolce? Like, what is this? And she's like, what you call it? And I was like, I don't know. Is it Dolce? She's like, it's Dolce. And I was like, oh like Engabana? oh i didn't know that so she's like yeah so somehow that was so funny that my name became dolce for like three years and i was like yo i hate this name right so when i got out of that band um i wasn't entirely sure you know what to call myself because i had all these stage names for so long but then i was like i'm just gonna use my real name you know so well, my first name and my middle name. So, Jackie Ray is what it was. And how
0: many solo albums currently? Two. Going back to it, at any point?
1: Yes. I'm actually working on a third album right now.
0: Yeah. I, I want to say that for someone who tried my first song this year, because uh, mm-hmm. I'm not like a, a single... But, mm-hmm. but rather, you know, I'm a comedian, but there's no comedy clubs. And so I made a comedy novelty song. But the process is similar. no like Not to compare, but it's similar. Um, it's a lot of work, man. Lot, <laughs> no, one, right? no one told me how hard it was, uh, mm-hmm. how that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what is the inspiration what gets you going to go back? Because not to say that you c- it cannot do it. It's just so many different sides of the brain going from the broadcast side to the, the content scheduler side back into the songwriting part of your body. Like, how do you, like, mitigate all of that?
1: So, uh, it's not as difficult like, I mean, yeah, from comedy, because I could never be funny, so hats off to you. So, um, <laughs> the, the writing aspect of, of songwriting is not, it's not, of course you get writer's block. Um, one of the things I found difficult recording my second album is when I went into my second album, I was like, I am not going to write heartbreak songs anymore. Because that's all that I had ever written. But that's up until that point all I had gone through. (laughs) So when I was trying to write just songs about life, they became very difficult for me because, you know, heartbreak sometimes I my, my friends used to always tell me that I would date horrible guys just so I could write songs, you know, because that's where I drew all my inspiration from. So that second album really changed me to, like you can legit, and, and rappers are really good at this, especially when you hear them freestyle, they'll be like, okay, name something. And then they'll take a pencil and all of a sudden they'll make that pencil into a whole song. Life really speaks to you, you know what I mean? So right now I'm writing songs just that are all about any and everything I feel. Um, and so it's kind of a weird, it's definitely gonna be a weird album when it comes out because some of it's gonna be about social change. Some of it's going to be about how I have the best friend in the world. Some of it's going to be literally about how I manage stress because I reached a point in my life where my stress levels were so high that my doctor said that she was going to have to put me on medication. And I was like, I shall not. So I had to figure out. <laughs> you point your that, finger in the
0: sky, like, I will yeah, not. Yeah.
1: I will not do it. So I had to figure out a way to kind of navigate through that and, you know, a bunch of reading and, and things of that nature. So if you can. What I always tell people, if, if whatever you go through during your day, good, bad, or whatever, sit down, and at the end of the day, just write it, write it. Journaling is the best release for a lot of things. It's where your best songs are going to come from. It's where stress relievers are going to come from, and it's great to s- sometimes sit down and flip a couple of pages back and realize that you done, you still standing. So, if, 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 you, if you learn how to channel your thoughts onto paper, you can write a song.
0: The insight that you have can speak volumes and it can apply to a lot of things. I mean, is there anything else you wanted to share as far as like advice or just like a thing you learned this year or just a dope axiom?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if I could give advice, I always try to, you know, and I don't know who's listening, but I don't think it even applies to age. But I always try to tell people, I think especially here in L.A., we get caught up in, you know, the box. So people will tell you, oh, you're too whatever, you're, you're too old, you're too, you're too black, your hair is too natural, you're too loud. Whatever that too is, instead of looking at it as a negative, that's probably going to th- be the thing that sets you apart. So figure out why that part is so valuable to you as a person and figure out how to market it. And don't ever let anybody tell you you're too anything in a negative context. Figure it out and make it work. That's my advice.
0: Ah uh, dang. Uh, where can the world find you online if they want to scroll through your social media and subscribe to your shows?
1: If you want to stalk me, I appreciate it. Um, you can find me everywhere. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at jraythefanatic. Ray the Fanatic. Uh, my YouTube page, I don't have enough. I had to restart my YouTube page. It's a whole other story, but... Um, I had to restart it. So if you just look up, uh, fanatic productions, you will see me there and you can subscribe or just go to my Instagram page and my YouTube pages on my Instagram as well.
0: Always a good time talking with people, the with clear vision on a path to their goals. This is New Amsterdam Radio, Flubble Voice here. And uh, yeah, it's... It's kind of early. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to celebrate my birthday. I don't know if I should go for a drink or eat copious amounts of food. Uh, I've already tore through some some birthday cake. I mean, like a boss. Like, why, why would I not do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, another trip around the sun. And hopefully this brings up more content, more episodes, and more adventures in this city that we've built for creatives called New Amsterdam. Once again, please follow the show if you can over at Spotify, iTunes, Spreaker, YouTube. You can support the show in a bunch of ways. Uh, you can check me out uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash Boys. See, every time I sit down with someone and I have an interview, the complete and unabridged interview is available for Patreon subscribers. Get the full story over there on Patreon. And I have a t-shirt store, you know, a little, little, little gimmick stand, a lemonade stand. Uh, check it out at flobeto.threadless.com. Com. I'll be back here next time. Uh, fantastic gas coming through the summer of creation in this new normal that we're living in. Uh, and if you have an idea for a show, please don't hesitate to hit me up. I'm on social media at Fobo Boys on Twitter, at FloBito on Instagram, and of course, FloBito.com. So until next time, as always, the city is yours.